Machute Mate recognizes the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and any indigenous elders of other communities who may be listening today. We stand in solidarity in their struggle towards the colonization and land back. Buena mi gente, what is good? Today we have a special edition Machete Mate. If you listen to our latest episode with um, Independence's Party of Puerto Rico candidate from San Juan, Paul Figueroa, on the election in Puerto Rico, which you definitely should do if you haven't already. And if you follow us on Twitter, which you all should do as well, you'll know that things popped off in Peru last week, with masses all over the country taking to the streets in the face of state repression. A parliamentary coup against President Vizcarra, over, quote, corruption and, quote, more incapacity, after which President of the Congress, Manuel Merino, as per the Constitution, declared himself president. So what we had was essentially a constitutional coup in which, um, which is why some of the outcry has been for a new constitution. But I'm sure we'll get to that. I'm Leroy, and today it's just me, but I'm joined by someone that, if I believed in that type of thing, would be godfather to my son, Ernesto. And if you know me, you know he is the center of my universe. So I'm super excited <laughs> to chat with my amigo that Alma Robert, who lives in Peru and was out there with the disgruntled masses about what he's seen, what's the mood, and just to hear a firsthand account of everything. Robert, welcome. Que se cuenta? What's good? What's up? Hey. Uh, hello. Hello, people of Spotify. Uh, people of... Uh... And- Everywhere else you get your podcast, just throwing it out Every, there. Everywhere else you consume podcasts. This is my first time uh, being part of a podcast, so uh, I'm going to try to be as uh, coherent as possible, but I'm here in uh, in Peru, yeah. uh, ground zero. Uh, actually, the, the new president just uh, swore in uh, like five minutes ago, um, which is like, yeah, Stuff is still pretty fresh here, um, and yeah, uh, it's 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 wild uh, being in this situation because it's uh, really the most unified I've ever seen a country, a population uh, against a cause and uh, or for a cause. Uh, so it, that that part has been really awesome. Um, it's it's really been humbling, but also very inspiring to see that. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty major point because if you know any of the history of Latin America, specifically places like Peru, Bolivia, that we've been talking about heaps, it is quite a divided country in terms like racially. Um, socioeconomically so the fact that like the country is coming sort of setting certain things aside um sort of setting their class interests aside a bit for a common cause is pretty good to hear um but i'm sure we'll get a little bit more into that a little bit later um what i think i'm most curious about and what like a lot of people who are listening curious about like could you just give us a little bit of background um and i think i should preface this um we just talked a little bit about it off off air that i think for me and i think for our show here it's more about the reason why i think you would be so valuable is because you're there you're on the ground right we're not just three assholes across the world kind of interpreting (laughs) what what a protest what the masses are doing but you're actually there right and i think especially you being a foreigner right because you're puerto rican you're from my hometown shout out um (laughs) 
I guess you'd have a different perspective and I'm sure you've, you've experienced and seen and heard different things than like normal, I guess, average Peruvian. But um, could you just give a little bit of background, like leading up to it? Because I know leading up to it, there was a few attempts um, in Congress against Vizcarra. Like there was just something about like a, he was gave money to a singer, like 50,000 bucks or some shit. And like, they were trying to impeach him, but that impeachment fell through. So it seems like there was they were kind of playing the long game a little bit. Like they were like planning this for a while, and like they finally got their like sort of in. Yeah, it it, it actually seems like they were. Um, well, it doesn't seem it's it's a fact. They were they've been trying for a few months now to get rid of Vizcarra, um, which is, you know, he wasn't even elected. He was kind of like the replacement for Kuczynski, who uh quit uh last year or, or maybe it was two years ago uh which is another really wild thing about uh peru how it's had like three different presidents in the last two years and none of them have been elected but you know Vizcarra wasn't uh wasn't a, a he he wasn't a bad president uh and and something that people have been saying ironically is like some of the best presidents peru has had have, have been presidents that have not been elected by the people because just like <laughs> most of latin america and like the u.s uh, people suck at voting uh but the congress um he congress i think due to um different things he's been trying to do like for example the latest thing is he was trying to end immunity that's kind of been the really hot topic uh yeah. he was trying to end uh, uh the immunity for for congress members because a lot of them have charges of even like murder uh for example and in peru ever <laughs> since the beginning of the country's history you can if you're if, if if you're a member of congress you can get away with anything literally murder and you're protected uh you could even kill someone run for congress get elected and then that's it the investigation's over um so he was you know he's been trying to pass a lot of reform and things like that and i think that didn't sit well with uh a lot of the congress so yeah i mean the, there there were charges of uh, corruption against them but the key here is that the charges were not investigated uh there was no real proof of the charges and you know in i guess in a real democratic system you need to first do your research before you try to um uh, get rid of a you know president or, or or a coup as has been happening here um so in in the tricky part here is uh, according to the law it was according to them it was legal because he wasn't morally capable of um of uh, ruling the country. And if I'm mistaken in any way, correct me. Um, if you're listening. Because, <laughs> um, um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, so the even the legality of it was, was dubious. Um, but um, that's where it all started la last Monday. And um, it was kind of like their second attempt at at getting rid of him, uh, uh, taking him out of out of his place, and uh, this time they succeeded. The first time, yeah, it was some charges about him like paying some uh, artist. What was the name of the artist? 
Richard Cisneros and what was his thing? Richard Swing. That was his. That's Richard his, uh, Swing. R- Richard Swing yeah. is his. Uh, we- We've what? mentioned him on the show before because we mentioned him on the show before, so we touched on it a little bit. And um, just quickly, just to rewind a little bit, um, you mentioned Kuczynski, and for the people listening out there, Kuczynski was he was elected. He was in the same election as Keiko Fujimori, who um, extreme right wing, extreme fucking borderline fascist, who actually got the most votes in the election in the first round. And then the reason Kuczynski was elected was because it went to that second round, and then people felt like you know we, this can't happen, and um. She's the um, daughter of Alberto Fujimori, who will say the conversation when all three of us, because I know um, Austin out there would want to really go go in on um, Fujimori. Um, but the Kuczynski, Peru's worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah, per, yeah, pretty much. And um, but Kuczynski resigned or was impeached, or he was he resigned, yeah, because he was wrapped up in the Odebrecht scandal that was linked right. to Lava Jato in Brazil. That's pretty much, which actually is why uh, another. Um, former Peruvian um, president Alan Garcia, he he, he committed suicide, right? Because he was sort of implicated in that as well. So they came he knocking. Suicide him. last year, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, Odebrecht, Lava Jato, is has its tentacles everywhere. Um, but yeah, Richard Twing. We mentioned Richard Twing a few months ago, and we thought that was really funny until it eventuated into this. Um, but that's really, really, really fascinating of um, all that, and I think that's just a typical like. Global South, you know, like Latin America, it's like a like a fucking soap opera like that in a way, like you know what I mean? It's it's and like just a, a bit it's, of it's a cross between a soap opera and a circus. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good way to put it. And um, for the people listening to us, and if you're a fan of the show, like to clarify, Viscarra isn't necessarily like good. But he was just this sort of middle of the road, milk toast, centrist guy who, um, and what we have to remember as well, Peru's, you know, home of the Lima group. So there's really strong neoliberal who, um, U.S. backed, U.S. finance group that's supposed to, you know, have their fingers everywhere in Latin America. And Vizcarra comes in, it's like, yeah, maybe not. Like that even, this doesn't even come out that hard against it or come out that hard against like the the prevailing order but that's just the way capital responds right capital will not tolerate any even whiff of a um threat to itself you know what i mean so this is what we have now um but yeah so like the 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 coup happened they have the impeachment um vote you know there's a vacancy um, and then Merino declares himself president, which again, by the constitution, there was, cause Vizcarra didn't have a VP, right? So like there was no VP to fill his, that spot. His so VP then the next quit, in line, yeah. yeah, VP quit. And the next in line would have been the president of the Congress who was Merino, right? right. So, so at what point were people in Peru like, what the fuck is going on? Like, let's go to the streets. Were there, were there always sort of grumblings where people were already like sort of like shit's about to pop off? And then once it happened to happen, or was it just sort of a spontaneous type of thing? You know, to be honest, I, I am not very, up until this week, I wasn't very aware of Peruvian politics because it is way too confusing. Like, you know how the U.S. is like a two-party system uh, pretty much, and you can just kind of, it's... I, I feel like even the average Peruvian sometimes knows more about American politics than Peruvian politics because there's like dirty parties here and yeah. they don't really stand for anything all the time. It's just <laughs> kind of like just whatever, whoever happens to be running, you know. So, um, but as far as grumblings, not so much. It's really interesting because um, I was actually with Valeria last Monday 
whenever news broke out of what happened. Um, I believe it was it was Monday. Uh, and it was just like all over the news, all over social media broke out. It's like, okay, there's been a coup. Uh, we no longer have a president. Now the president of Congress who, you know, um, not to be classist, but like people were just kind of like, oh, look at this guy. He hasn't even finished college, uh, barely finished high school. And uh, somehow he's like, he, oh, also he's involved in, a, uh, he was involved in, a, in a, I believe a native Indian uprising uh, where he like had to, was involved in a lot of uh, killings uh, and he still hasn't been brought to justice because of that. But now Terrible. all of a sudden he's the president of Congress and the president of the nation and everybody's pissed about it. So even Monday, we, we drove, uh, Monday night, we drove to the center, you know, Plaza San Martin. Uh, the, just to give you some context too, Lima has uh, what I guess in the States you would call a downtown, downtown Lima, the center, uh, has two plazas. Uh, it has uh, uh, Plaza de Armas and it has Plaza San Martin. There, it is against the law to protest in Plaza de Armas. That's where the uh, president's palaces or whatever. And you know, uh, literally, if you protest there, you get killed. Uh, Plaza San Martin, it is legal to protest. <laughs> uh, and Monday, uh, we we passed by there, and there was already you know a good amount of people protesting there. Uh, we drove by Congress, the Palace of Congress, and there was people protesting there uh, from day one. Cops were already. Uh, you know, shooting tear gas at people, uh, shooting rubber bullets at people. Well, Tuesday, uh, shit went off. You know, Tuesday, that was like um, citywide, countrywide uh, protests. And then, uh, you know, through social media and as things got even more and more heated because then Congress started trying to reverse a lot of the laws in um that Vizcarra uh, put in place and protections. Like there was one protection that was basically uh, in two, th there was an issue here where a lot of uh, like basically false universities were popping up everywhere. Like literally uh, Chinese restaurants would call themselves a university. Uh, what? Uh, what was what's the deal with that? With the whole universities and like, Sorry, Robert's just like at his girlfriend's house and he's um, consulting her quickly. Yeah, like uh, it's like a, basically a, a law that basically made it easier for anyone to just start a university, like anywhere. It, it could be a fake university. Uh, it could be literally like inside of a Chinese restaurant. Uh, and so no regulations whatsoever. And Biscarra turned that around. Also... Uh, they started trying to free uh, Umala, that was his name, right? Antauro, uh, who also committed a lot of crimes and shit. Um, so I'm giving you the Sparknotes version, I'm sorry. But basically, like, all these things that Vizcarra was known for reversing, like, right away, Congress was just like, okay, let's let's get going. Let's And, you know, that made people even angrier because it's like, wow, this is like what they call here Cara de Palo. It's like Cara de Palo is like... Yeah. You're literally not even 
you're not even uh, dissimulating. <laughs> you're just like dissimulando para los boricua, dissimulando. Dissimulando. So like, like um, what's what's the word in English? Like um, uh, what's what's even the equivalent? Like when you're like um, like sort of low key, sort of doing it, like not overtly doing it, but sort of like. You know, putting on a, a facade and then kind of going around it anyway. Right. They were they weren't beating around the bush. They were like, there you they go. Were just there straight you go. up, like, yeah, we're we're in power now, and we're just gonna do whatever the fuck we want. There was rumors that they were gonna try to, uh, you know, the elections are supposed to happen. I believe in five months. There was rumors that they were gonna try and like extend them to like uh, maybe like another year or so. Uh, so it's like Bolivia. yeah, people people got really, really pissed. And then the first, I think, real unified, I mean, people were, have been protesting every single day, but the first unified Lima-wide protest, well, countrywide protest was Thursday. Um, and Thursday, um, I uh, protested around uh, this area, Miraflores, because there was, a, you know, there was, there was movements, there was organizations around social media, like, uh, different sections of the city were going to have protests in their areas. Uh, well, these areas between San Isidro, Barranco, Miraflores, uh, they all met in uh, a park called Kennedy Park. It's like a pretty iconic park in the middle of Miraflores. Um, if you are a tourist and have been to Lima, you know Kennedy Park. Uh, it's the most iconic park in, in probably all of Lima. Uh, well, anyway... At one point, there was like 7,000 people congregated uh, just in this area. And uh, the march started up uh, down this main uh, road, uh, La Arequipa, which leads to the center of the city. Uh, a lot of the march ended up in the center, uh, joining the, the big march in uh, Plaza San Martin. But even after that, even after a lot of people ended up going, there was like 7,000 at least people um and you know you go home and you start watching stories instagram stories because the news were basically just playing their regular trash tv that they play at night um so the news weren't really involved uh much at all there was some like uh some small outlets kind of doing their thing but you know i i was surprised to see no no, no helicopters, no news cars, nothing, no news vans, no, just like really, really silent on, every, on all, everything that was happening. And I think that they just this district alone had, like I said, a good seven, eight thousand people in the center. There was probably triple that. And then there's like it's a city of 11 million, close to 11 million. So you can only imagine. Yeah. So it was yeah. really inspiring. So would you, would, Go ahead. Sorry, just quickly on, on that note, like, would you say that the media there is pretty much in the pocket of, or the, the those right wing politicians and more capitalist uh, politicians are in the pocket of like, the media? Oh, for so sure. I would, so I would, I would imagine, like, because we see it in Venezuela, we see it in Bolivia, we see it across Latin America, that it is not in the media's best interest to see people protesting against their own. You know what I mean? So of course right. they're not going to show it. You know. Right, and people in the media have been even told not to uh, speak about it. Uh, actually, there's a uh, a lot of people working in those channels. A lot of journalists, a lot of people working in those teams have quit just out of outrage. They just, you yeah. know, outraged that 
they're not allowed to, they weren't allowed to show this. But the irony about this is that now after uh, these two deaths, these two iconic deaths, and I say iconic because I feel like it wasn't until these two deaths happened that I feel like the the government finally uh, did something. Marino quit uh, Sunday. Yeah, Marino quit Sunday and the new president um, swore in today, just like half an hour ago. Uh, but then after that, then all these news networks started changing their their logos to black and start mourning for them and mourning for the deaths and the people hurt and you know there's still people disappear there's a uh, i think like shit el último acaba de aparecer so no more disappeared people okay so i guess the disappeared people finally appeared but as of sunday i think there was like 40 plus people disappeared um Yeah, like 204 people that have gone to clinics and hospitals. I mean, like, uh, I mean, they were they were shooting marbles at one point. Uh, I think one of the one of the uh, the protesters that died had 11 uh, impacts. Uh, a lot of them were in his cranium. Um, so they're throwing they were throwing uh, tear gas. Uh, People with babies, uh, they were throwing tear what? gas like right at the door of the metro, where like people with children were. In, I mean, like the police were, has just been very brutal, uh, very very brutal, and that I think has even has enraged the people even more because you know they're just doing it for for a salary. They're just doing it for for money. Even even the military has come out against the police. Which is really cool. Um, uh, like Sunday, they they sent out a message like a saying that they're gonna start marching and being in the front lines and protecting the people. Uh, and you know that I, I guess out of all of this, uh, I guess I'm just really inspired because last Monday, literally, there was a, a government coup, and this Monday we have a new president. Uh, I mean, now it's Tuesday, sorry. It feels like Monday. Um, but we have uh, a new president, and it's um, really, really, I don't know, if, if you compare it to, like, Chile or, like, Puerto Rico, where there's you had to protest for close to a month before anything changed. Um, and not only that, but there have been people here who have been, like, against the protests and have been, like, or not even so much against, but apathetic, just kind of like, oh, that's not going to do anything, or you're just you're just being rowdy. But the major the majority of people have been very, very, very supportive, and that to me is really inspiring. So, because it's not it's not about like right versus left. It's not about political parties. It's about like literally a government just being a piece of shit and tyrannical against its own people and. I think it, it's it's hard to argue against that. I mean, it's hard it's hard to argue against wanting to to protest and and stand up against that. Exactly, and I think that's exactly where I was going. Like because obviously, just like a lot of Latin America, especially Peru. Like if you know the history of Peru, it is quite a you know a demarcated, almost a caste system, racially, socioeconomically, like right. society. You know what I mean? And 
that was my question. If it was like a just everyone set everything aside and was like basically you know we want a better Peru, we might have a better situation for for Peru. Yeah, and and it's inspiring too because I feel like this it doesn't end here. I think I think you you even see it all over social media. Like people are just like, great, we achieved this, but it doesn't end here. Like now, a week ago we didn't even know the name of these Congress people. We didn't know that. Like yeah. 90% of them have uh, investigations against against them and have like charges. Uh, so now I'm not sure if protests are going to continue. Uh, they they are, but, but I'm not sure if they're going to continue on the same scale. I hope yeah. they do. But yeah, I, I think now the they've gotten some, I don't want to say revolution. Maybe it's a revolution, but... I guess revolution in the most technical sense. It's it like the gears have have, have started going where, um, yeah. Now they don't just want to end up the president. Now they wanna they want Merino in jail. Uh, they want yeah. the Congress out. They got a, they, they got a, they, they got a, they got a taste. They got a taste. Yeah. So now now they know. And Merino fled the country. Uh, or did he? You said probably or did he? Oh, he disappeared. Nobody knows where he is. Um, he's in Miami, 100%. One thing I talk about on the show is the, one of the things I talk about on the show is the, um, what I like to call the Miami industrial complex, how all these like really rich, bougie, like Latin Americans always end up in, in Miami. So there's like heaps of like ex, you know, presidents who fled, who live in Miami. You know what I mean? So that motherfucker is going to end up over there anyway. Um, yeah. Miami's a so, possibility. That'll be wild. And the fact that he just sort of <laughs> dipped, you know what I mean? Like what's funny to me is like, he he was part of the ma- I don't want to say mastermind, but you know he was the face of it, I guess, and like proclaimed himself um, president, tried to reverse all these thing um uh, things that Marino did. But when shit got serious, like he said, scared, like my dad would say, like he's like, oh, oh shit, <laughs> shit got serious. So then like it was too hard for him, so so he bounced. You know what I mean? Like these things, uh, the, this is real life that these motherfuckers are playing with. Like these are real issues. This isn't a, a, a game. Like you know what I mean? Like. Um, but it's, it's incredible to me. And I would say, and with the protest, so we talked about a little bit about how it was a quite unified sort of um, situation in terms of the protest. Was there like a main like rallying cry? Because I know in some of the people who like follow us and like we follow and stuff on Twitter and social medias and the follow the show, a lot of it is them calling for new constitution because just like a lot of constitutions in Latin America, like it's just absolutely fucking garbage mm-hmm. you know what i mean it protects like the ruling classes like you said like going back to the big to like when like san martin was like traveling through peru protecting congress people protecting like the the the, the, the powerful like mm-hmm. is that something that you saw or was it like was it a was it a pro biscarra was it an anti-merino was it or just legit like f- fuck everything you know we want a better peru type of thing was there was, was there like a like a one like rallying cry you'd say it was a little bit of everything. Uh, I think if there's a hierarchy of cries, uh, you could say that the the biggest one, like the one I think almost everyone could agree on, was uh, uh, anti Medino, like get the fuck out, you know. Yeah. Uh, that was like number one. <laughs> um, I think I would say. Yeah, number one was anti-Medino. Number two, I think, was just to like get some people. Some people wanted Vizcarra back. Uh, 
some people, you know, were like, just let him serve out his time and do the investigation until there's elections in like five months. Uh, some people were just every fuck everything, like Congress is corrupt. Uh, you know, this is a coup. Uh, this is fucked up, you know. Um, so there wasn't like, at first they were criticizing the march because of course, like almost every every protest is like, oh, well, it's not unified and blah, blah, blah. And, but I mean, like, this was pretty, the, the main cry was pretty black and white. It's just like, hey, this guy is corrupt as fuck and they just kind of took over uh, illegally. Get him out, you know? Yeah. So, and I think that's why it was so effective because it was, you know, get almost every every chant every cry was like uh merino renuncia you know like yeah so that 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 was number one for sure now i think the focus is more on ending what Vizcarra wanted to start ending the political immunity for congress i think that's that's the new goal you know which is i think a great goal because you know, I was talking to a friend uh, who was saying, well, no, uh, Congress people should have immunity because otherwise everyone can just like uh, falsify claims against them to try to get them out of office. And I'm like, I'm like, sure, that could happen. That, you know, that could be something that happens to someone in power. But like, there needs to be at least a middle ground. You know, you can't just get away with murder, literally, just because you're in yeah. Congress. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, and and that's what uh, Vizcarra wanted to do, and and that's what started this whole thing. I I actually I am surprised that what happened happened because I'm like well, Congress is not going to relent because if they relent, that means hundreds of people are going to jail literally. And uh, going back to Francisco Sagasti, you know we don't know much about him. I mean I mean we know he has like a really excellent resume as far as like yeah. Uh, what he's done in his life. Uh, he is kind of center or like Peruvian center. Um, Peruvia, Peru doesn't have a real left um, or at least not very present. People are Sender already, Luminoso. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, <laughs> here the word left is synonymous with uh, terrorism or Venezuela. Um, so people are very, very... Uh, yeah, very scared of it. In fact, people already on social media uh, criticizing him for supposedly being uh, uh, extreme leftist when technically he's just very middle ground. Um, yeah. In fact, one thing that they used against him is that he was involved in um, whenever the Japanese embassy uh, in the 90s, the, there was that... Um, he, he was kidnapped, wasn't he? He was he was kidnapped. He was part of the people. Uh, he was one of the uh, what do you call them? Rehenes. It's uh, hard to hostage. 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 He was one of the hostages uh, in the in the Japanese embassy in the nineties, uh, and he was one of the one of the first ones to be released. Um, and not only that, he he did this thing uh, where he had a piece of cardboard and he had all the all the of the terrorist, of the uh, uh, oh, man, what do you call those people? The 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 the, the, the... hostage takers. Hostage takers. Yeah, the kidnappers. I guess. <laughs> yeah, the kidnappers. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Uh, 
the kidnapper scene. This, this is bilingualism, ladies and gentlemen. This is what happens yeah. when you're bilingual. It, yeah, no, and it's even worse because like interpreting is my job. Um, yeah. Well, he he had the he had the kidnappers like sign like a like a piece of cardboard. A lot of people are like, well, was it like some sort of Stockholm syndrome, or was he sort of like allied with them? And since it was like an extremist uh, leftist terrorist group, they're like, oh, they let him out really quickly, and he had those signatures. What's what's happening with that? What's the deal? Is he uh, is he involved with them in some way? So that's wild. Yeah. That's that's yeah. Peru for you. Cause, yeah, because um, I guess prepping for this, I looked into him a little bit. And he, like you said, he's down the middle, down the middle cent- centrist. Um, the, the new party, the Partido Morado, so like the, the Purple Party, they they talk, they they claim to be a centrist party. Um, they they identify as more um, um, ordo-liberalism than neoliberal. So like neoliberalism is, you know, free market, you know, monetize everything, whereas um, order liberalism is more of a European style, like free market. So basically, it's it's a free market, but state sanctioned. So the state still makes sure that like the markets are still working as they should, which right. isn't capitalism because capitalism is supposed to be free market everything. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is he's definitely not a leftist. He's definitely not a socialist. He's as down the middle as if there's such thing as a compromise person. Right. It's probably him. Um, and yeah, like he has a really good resume. He's worked, you know, for years in government. He's worked like World Bank. He's like engineer, some shit, and like pretty decent um, resume. Obviously, probably not the guy you know we want, but we're a bunch of like hairy, long-haired, bearded, you know, fucking gorilla <laughs> warriors. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I think my takeaway from this is like it's really hopeful to see like an entire society come together for a common cause, like and identify. So. Like and again, I, for people who are listening, especially like for the, the 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 gringos listening to this, like it's it's hard to overstate the class distinctions and racial distinctions. And we try to talk about it all the time in in Latin America, especially like a place like Peru. Like going back to the history of Peru, like they were one of the last monarchist holdouts, right? When Bolivar was liberating Peru, was one of the last ones. Like, no, nah, you know, you want to stay monarchist. So like, there's a long history of. Um, like conservative, like right wing, like, you know, that sort of mentality there. So to see a lot of people put that aside and come together for a common cause is really, really, really positive. Um, awesome. I think we'll probably wrap it up there soon. Is there anything else? Like, is there, I mean, it's hard to say, like, do you have, is there hope for Peru or whatever? But like, what do you think is next for Peru? Like, do you see like hope at the end of the tunnel of, of everything sort of, becoming an ideal like these these anti-corruption this anti-immunity things actually getting passed and stuff like that or are we going to see like we see in the entire history of latin america it's sort of reverting back so there's this big groundswell of like yeah man like you know we're getting back and we're getting our country back and then all of a sudden like nope it goes back to normal is that what you see or do you see like are you hopeful well first of all uh that word hopeful is really interesting because uh like i was telling my friend my friend nelson and i he's he's venezuelan um and he he was a lawyer in Minnesota, so we, we, we talk a lot about Latin America specifically, but also in contrast to the United States. I you know I told him like ever since the 2016 elections, I've been pretty apathetic towards politics, not apolitical, just very uh, cynical. Very cynical, lost a lot of hope, um, especially seeing how stuff has turned out in the U.S. 
And we've come to the conclusion that in Latin America, you know, it's kind of like a lot of the same issues. People don't know how to vote uh, or voting is just kind of like a facade because the people who are, who you're able to vote for are just shit. And um, it's a lot of the same problems, but a lot of the times just even more exaggerated because the education system here is, is horrible. The Catholic church here is very, very, very strong. Uh, in, Interesting in government and everything. In fact, the president, I was just listening to him swear in and part of the speech you have to say, or as you swear in, you have to say that you abide and swear in and respect the Catholic church and the morality it brings to the people of Peru. And this is supposed to be, uh, you know, Estado laico, but like he's, yeah. it's like, whatever. Doesn't The Catholic church is still very, very, very strong here. Um, so having said that, you know, I was very, just kind of like, whatever it is what it is. And Latin America, the, the scary thing about it is, and the thing I'm not sure how to feel about, it's like, we saw what happened in Bolivia last month, what happened in Chile, which is very hopeful, but also Latin America tends to be a pendulum, uh, as far as, uh, a pendulum of corruption. Um, it's just kind of like, you know, now we have Bolsonaro in, in Brazil, um, but who knows what's going to happen in the next four years, you know, it's like in that, in, in, and to me, that's, I think the hardest part that it's such a pendulum that like, it just creates, it, it, it creates this thinking that like, I don't know, people here are like. Oh, well, it's, it's... Venezuela is the worst thing in the world, and uh, anything anything close to left is uh, gonna kill us all. And I'm like, but have you heard about Pinochet? Well, yeah, it, you know, and, and I know Venezuelans here who like praise Bolsonaro because they're so traumatized by what happened to them in Venezuela that they literally just like are in love with Bolsonaro because it, it's almost like Bolsonaro. It's like it's just like they're running to their safety because as far away. If they can get as far away from this thing, then they're good. And it's just like, no, like, don't don't look at it that way. So I think Latin America needs to get away from that. But I think uh, I'm cynical because it takes education. It takes, yeah. but also seeing how unified it's been. Like, you know, Puerto Rico last year, although this year they've, that's a different story. But, you know, it's a, how, yeah. <laughs> Like I, I have friends here that I've spoken to and they've told me, you know, what inspired me to go out and protest was seeing what Puerto Rico did last year, seeing what Chile did. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, people here have been paying attention to what happened in Puerto Rico and what happened in Chile. And like now they're that that really inspired them to go out and get tear gassed, you know, like and, and that yeah, to me exactly. is, is awesome because like. Uh, also, you know, Bolivia, you know, Bolivia, yeah. to me, it, I, I was surprised at, at what happened. So I don't know. I think there's hope for Latin America. I think uh, Latin America needs to be, needs to unif- be united. Uh, I think that's the only way forward. But that's, that's another story, I guess. Yeah, fantastic. And the thing is, because I think you what you were trying to say and it's something I agree with as well, like to get out of this sort of rut, like we need to transform society. 
but mm-hmm. we need to be doing these things in order to be able to transform society. You know what? So it's almost like, um, is it Prometheus like, who rose the, or Sisyphus who rose like the, like the, the boulder up the hill, but it comes back. So if you right. get to a point, because now we're too far, it's come back. And like, we need to make these transform transformational changes. And like, I, one of the things I talk about a lot here on the show is it has to be about education, education. And if, if you come to these like fascist far right, whatever conclusions, let it be from a point of education and not from a point of misinformation, a point of like, you know, of, trying to be part of an in-group or anything like that. Like, let it be from an educated point so that if you're spewing your fucking garbage, you you know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? And same for the other side as well, because we do get a lot of people like on our side of politics that like do it because for the aesthetics, who do it because mm. like of the romantic notion of being fucking like the jungle with machine guns, whatever. But like, right. that's all based on, a, that's all based on a real ideology, like real ideology and based on, a desire to change material conditions. You know what I mean? It's not just it for the sake of it doing it. Like it's, it's all hinges on education and obviously hinges on the United States having its fucking tentacles everywhere as well. That goes without saying. Right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I think we'll probably wrap it up there. Like, Again, thanks for coming on the show because this has been amazing. Hopefully, because we've had some issues before doing interviews and like the recording doesn't save and the audio saves. So hopefully like this works out because I'm going to be sick. But um, fantastic. We'll, 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 we'll see if we can get you on the show to have a proper conversation with all of us about like just everything about general um, stuff about being in Latin America and like being a foreigner in Latin or quote unquote foreigner, right? Because you're Puerto Rican and all that shit. Um, but yeah, cool. So hopefully you've enjoyed this interview. Um, please listen to our last episode that was on the misadventures of the Puerto Rican election. Um, cause that's still, that's, that's still a fucking mess. Like the briefcases are still showing up and all this shit, yep. but, um, it's fucking wild. But, um, with that said, make sure you check us out on, on Twitter. Um, I make some hilarious TikToks, so make sure you're, you're follows on TikTok, Instagram, follow my man, Robert here. Cause he's been posting some really good videos on, on, on his Instagram stories as well. Um, but with that said, thanks for listening. Stay tuned and hasta la victoria. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. Peace. <laughs>